Good morning and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, September 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos, folks, for you keeping track at home. Deuces are wild today on Thursday here in September of 22. Uh, and I hope everybody's having a good one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the Wednesday off for Hangouts and Headlines was not so much a Wednesday off as a Wednesday slightly delayed in terms of putting out content, doing videos, some stuff that I taped that you won't see yet that are on other people's channels, et cetera, et cetera, and some behind the scenes, let's call them shenanigans, uh, that can definitely wake you up uh, from time to time. If you're not following, I really don't blame you. Don't follow it. LawTube, lawyers on YouTube, whatever you want to call them, uh, have been the the uh, the target uh, of a lot of commentary very recently. And honestly, it's a lot of unfair commentary. Now, we're only going to talk about that very, very briefly when we get to the headlines. That is not going to be the focus of this episode of Hangouts, um, as you will see, but it is tangential. And honestly, the article that we're going to go over today in headlines is about a month old. I think this is the oldest article that we will have covered in Hangouts and headlines. I usually try to keep it to within about five days uh, from the date that we do these shows. Uh, but in this particular case, I think it got sent to me 10 or 20 times. I would have to look uh, at my DMs and things. People were very interested in the story. They wanted to talk about it. I think, honestly, you'll probably be a little bit surprised uh, about where I come out on some of the subject matter there. But suffice it to say, I worked hard yesterday. Uh, we're all going to be easing into this Thursday morning like it's a Monday, quite frankly. Uh, so where are you all hanging out from? How was your Wednesday? How was your Thursday, especially people from the future? If you've already experienced a part of Thursday, let me know. I love that. Um, and uh, just what are you into right now? I've tried to get Ian Runkle into one of my favorite games of the year, Immortality. And while I slept, I got a series of direct messages that said something along the lines of, I don't understand what this is. Uh, so I'll be talking to Ian later on uh, today because I think he thinks that I punked him uh, somehow with what this game is uh, and that it's only a, a video archive. So we'll see. We'll see if we can get Ian on board. Uh, with a full motion video archival detective type game thing without otherwise known objectives. I don't know. I don't know if we'll succeed, uh, but we will try. Uh, so that that was a lot of fun last night. Let's see where everybody is uh, right now. We've got folks in Baltimore. It's sunny, and that means sunflowers in terms of emoji. Hey, spooky wife. Good morning to you. We're waking up. We've got the tea. The tea will kick in anytime now. Uh, morning from the sip. Is that Mississippi? I don't think I've ever heard of anything called the sip. Uh, Jacoby, let me know. Um, but good morning, wherever the sip is. Uh, good morning from Michigan. Hearts emoji. Very happy emoji. A lot of love filling the air this morning. Love that. Love that. I can't wait to get my cast off today. I want my thumb back. Oh, that must be so annoying. Yeah, the thumbs are important. How do you play the video games with a cast on your thumb? I don't know. Well, congratulations on getting your cast off. Katie, I think that sounds like a great day and a great reason to celebrate this morning. Shireen just has a smiling, laughing emoji. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. I like to smile and laugh. Uh, evening, y'all, from wherever Elon61 is. Maybe it's Elon Musk. We don't know. Uh, Sardinisms, I don't understand. Yes, that's the point. Keep playing. <laughs> I love Ian to death, but one of, the, one of the basic frameworks of his messages was, what is the point? Is this just a toy? Did you even tell me the, uh, about a game here, Rick? Um, and so uh, I get that. I totally get that, honestly, because it's just, here you go. Um, and it might be that Ian winds up not liking a kind of pure narrative game uh, like this particular one is. And we're talking about immortality, of course. 
but we will see. We will see. Good morning, Hogue. Every morning I can wake up to your stream is a good one. Every day is a gift. It's a beautiful day in Texas. Sunshine emoji. That is awesome. We got sunshine emojis all over the place. Ian, you mean Gimlet? I think Gimlet would get the game more, honestly, so far. I think Ian's going to get it eventually. He might wind up hating it. It's actually really interesting to watch because uh, I want to I do a spoiler cast with Ian, um, and it would be hilarious if it's one of Hogue's favorite games of all time, and Ian is like, this is slop. I think that would be a great video. We would have some fun with that. Uh, River Runs Deep Gourd Morning from Northern California with like kind of like the Stanford tree there. Is it like a, like a redwood? I don't know. It looks more like an evergreen, I suppose. Well, good morning, Northern Carolina, uh, North Carolina, right? Carolina or California? We're having fun today, folks. I can't even tell where y'all are from. That's how little sleep I got. That's how much fun we're having on Thursday morning. Fishing, finishing up the night shift, but good morning from Utah. Very good morning from Utah. Very early. Very early. Uh, Ardo says he has to do some tech support now. Bad timing. We'll leave the stream running for the views. <laughs> Thanks, Ardo. I appreciate it. Uh, Green Grendel. Yes, please. I'd love geek video game chat with Ian. Ian and I are going to do a geek video game show at some point. We've been talking about it for months and months and months. Uh, it's just a matter of hangouts and headlines and virtual legality and lawyers and dragons and a show I haven't told you all about yet that we're still working through that'll probably launch I would guess in October um we're busy here at the channel liking to have all these conversations you know don't want to oversaturate you could be sick of me already uh, let me know in the comments if you're sick of me already uh but uh yeah got a lot going on enjoying all these new conversations enjoying these new shows and, and ways to talk with y'all uh but yes Ian and I it's on the list uh, and I fully intend to go and, and help with his extra live stream on, I believe it's November 5th, I want to say. Uh, Christy says, she got her order. Can't wait to find the perfect place for my dino sticker. Fantastic, Christy. That is what we like to hear. Honestly, putting one of these things together, and my wife is entirely responsible for this uh, in, in the good way. This is not, this is not a blame thing. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. And you're just kind of paranoid and panicked because you're hitting so many buttons and you're flipping so many switches and you're trying to account for so many different tax regimes and all this other stuff that Christy, you have no idea how good it feels to have somebody get their stuff uh, after the orders went live uh, towards the end of last week. Uh, so that is fantastic. You know, Tweet out, put it in the comments, wherever. Show us that dino sticker somewhere. Uh, that is awesome. Our video game dinosaur. Uh, we're going to have to make him a mascot or something. People just love him. Uh, good afternoon, Hoglaw and Mrs. Hoglaw, coming from Manchester, United Kingdom. Good afternoon. Good morning from the middle of Ohio. I've got my coffee, and I'm ready for headlines and hanging out, which is good because those are both in the title of the show, Coffee and a Black Heart. Afternoon from Finland. Good afternoon, Finland. Coming in fresh from reporting a break into the police. So your report on Thursday is not great. I'm very sorry to hear that, Boom Her. Um, I hope everything was okay. I hope nothing uh, too terrible was uh, was taken. But I know how even if it wasn't, that kind of situation can create a sense of insecurity. And it's just no fun for anybody. So um, I'm very sorry to hear that this morning. I hope the police do something for you. Morning from a rainy Rhode Island. It looks like the Bot Sentinel thing has continued to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think personality-wise it has. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I do want folks, if they're just here, to, to see spilling of tea or 
passionate arguments about X or Y or Z. You're not going to see that with respect to the individuals operating on Twitter right now. Uh, that is not my intent. We're going to move away from that. And if you're interested in that kind of content, I do have a Twitter that you can go and follow that on. Uh, but we'll talk about that at the top of the headlines, I promise. Good morning from Alabama's Gulf Coast. Just hanging out while working. It's lovely to hear. I hope I'm helping the productivity or at least uh, the livability of work. Cool Michigan morning here. Those are my favorite. And I live in Michigan. Fantastic. Good morning from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Afternoon from London. Afternoon here in the Netherlands, Hoglaw. Thursday here has been filled with following political debates about the 2023 budgets and inflation, et cetera, et cetera. I think if I followed debates about the economy, inflation, and the budget here, I might lose my mind. Um, that's I, it's just the truth. So good luck to you. Hopefully the Netherlands is doing a bit better uh, than some other places on Earth. Morning from Riviera Beach, Florida. Yeah, it's Mississippi. The Sip. You've heard it here first, folks. The Sip is Mississippi. Fantastic. That's good. Well, good morning from Mississippi. Good morning from the, sun, the Sunshine State which I think is Florida. You guys are testing me today. Good night from Australia. Good morning. It's raining in Boston. Howdy from South Kakalaka. Probably Carolina. Probably. Sunny and 71 in Roanoke, Virginia. Good morning from Texas. Somehow I'm awake. I feel a little bit the same, but hopefully we're having a fun show. Nevertheless, afternoon from Boston, United Kingdom. United Kingdom has a Boston. These are things I'm learning, too. That's fantastic, Charm. Thank you. Uh, afternoon from Copenhagen. Brazil says, good morning, Hogue family. Germany. Good morning, Germany. Montana. North of Ireland. Is that the ocean? I have questions. Happy Thursday from Riverton, Illinois. Glad to have you back. Home. Missed you yesterday. Heart emoji. Thumbs up emoji. Believe me, I needed it yesterday morning. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way it is. No video gaming for me for four weeks. Oh, because of your cast. It's too much. It's too much. I probably would have broken my finger again. Just trying to get back in there. Morning from Dallas. Great morning to you. Not good morning. Great morning. I like where your head's at. Good morning from Oregon. Hello from Germany. Good afternoon, Berlin. I'm always interested when you have like these. These are back to back. It's like Germany and Berlin. That's fantastic. You two should get together. Should hang out this morning and just hang out with hangouts. Be a good time. Hello from the Netherlands, checking in from Michigan with a dash of Canada across the river. That's how we like it in Michigan. We like to be north of Canada from time to time. Morning from Kansas. Good morning from the pie capital of Texas. Yellow, says Aldo Hernandez. Yellow to you. Is that the same as YOLO? I hear the kids saying YOLO. No. I do know what YOLO means, folks. Good morning. I used to be from the future, and now I live in the past in Northeast Florida. I'm, there might be a political statement there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, congratulations on moving to Florida. I hope you love it. And good morning to you. Good morning from the past. Beverly Hills, California from a proud Ukrainian. It's only 4.30 a.m. here on Wednesday. I was catching up on news and writing a dissertation like we all do just occasionally. We're up in Beverly Hills, California, writing our dissertation. Sounds like fun. BH girl. Hello and welcome. Good morning to Portland, Maine and a waving emoji. Hey, get a wave there. Uh, making my second live stream from good old PNW. Nope, I got nothing on PNW. Let me know. These are like tests. You guys are trying to test me this morning. Hello from the Philippines. Good afternoon from South Africa. Good at morning from Simi Valley. Very early morning. Hi from Sydney. 
It's raining and you need an umbrella, both in central Pennsylvania. Good morning from Kansas, headed to work, listening on my way. Got my G Fuel, headed out the door. I got my tea. Sometimes you just need to go with it. Mm, there we go, caffeine. Let's do it. Carolyn, happy fall from Carolina. Happy fall. I love the fall. It's one of my favorites. I like it a little colder than I like it a little warmer, uh, and it's always a good time. Good morning from Canada. Good morning from the Thumb. Good morning from Ohio. When does LawTube Among Us happen? We did talk about that, didn't we, Callista? Well, um, we're all doing our own thing right this second. We've got Lawyers and Dragons. That's our group kind of game session right this second. Um, I'm anticipating another guest this Saturday. Don't tell anybody you know. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's where we're at with gaming right now. We hadn't planned to do that every Saturday. Uh, so basically, I'm streaming every day but Wednesdays. And on Wednesdays, I also tape multiple videos. Uh, so bear with me. We will get that going. I promise. Um, hey, uh, from Southern Massachusetts, listening in as I get my kid ready for school. Afternoon from Denmark. Never Rick says, Terry, I'm assuming this is to response to the question of just tell me when you get sick of me because I'm oversaturated. I appreciate it, Terry. I, I will have to ask uh, Mrs. Hoglaw uh, if she has reached the saturation point yet, but I would be fearful of the answer. <laughs> uh, good evening from Thursday night in Australia. Hello from the school parking lot, says co-counsel. Thanks for being here, everyone. She's mastered this from all points on earth, hasn't she? Uh, I don't want to spill tea. I would like to keep it all in my mug, please. Exactly. Why is it such a thing on the internet? Nobody likes spilled tea. We like the tea in our mug. Maybe even with a Reasonable Minds Can Differ sticker, right? Which you can find in the merch shop. <laughs> Someone will clip that and explain how I'm just a grifter, quote unquote, lawyer, right? In any event. Uh, Honestly, I don't know much about many subjects covered, but I always enjoy a good intellectual discussion, no matter the topic. The more, the better. Happy smiling face. YouTube is all I watch nowadays. You keep me entertained. Well, fantastic, Alexis. I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, and I think we've got some good things to talk about, um, but it, I just wanted to warn people it's not going to be one of those fiery, let's fight the man kind of uh, videos because that's not what we're going to do. And we're going to try to move away from that a little bit because honestly... Got to level with you here, right? You guys know me from a personality standpoint. It's making me sad. Um, it's making me sad to see all those attacks going back and forth. And yeah, I think one side's doing more more attacking than the other. Um, but that's that's not reasonable minds can differ. That's not how we would like to see the world operate. We can't have a world that is exactly how we want it. And and I think some of the stuff that's happening is somewhat necessary. But does I don't have to like it, right? So we're not going to bring that in so much here. We're going to talk about it really just a little bit at the top, but we're not going to bring it in so much. Britt says, my good morning message got censored. I assume that either YouTube or the mods thought savages was a bit much. However, if you are not a savage, then I was not saying morning to you. I guess reasonable minds can differ. I will tell you this, Britt. This is actually a great point to, to say this. If you go through the video that I did yesterday, you, are, you will see things like nine comments and you will only see two. And you will see this on multiple messages. Now, I have always run the YouTube kind of baseline ridiculous energy filter, um, which is like that, you know, you're just swearing or using slurs or things and it, and it pulls you out. I will have to take a look at that because I don't know what it's doing. I don't know whether it's reacting more than usual, whether it's got different buttons pushed, whether it's just gone crazy and we're in for YouTube trying to take over the world Skynet style. I have no idea. 
Uh, but I did notice that that has been happening at least over the last 24 hours. So YouTube's got some broken wiring uh, and we'll see uh, if I need to change those buttons. So Britt, I appreciate that. I don't know if that was Mons. I don't know if that was the robots, um, but I, I do think that YouTube has been doing some aggressive, really aggressive uh, modding um, in a way that I'm not terribly comfortable with. And I don't love it when people, <laughs> the, the really bad thing is sometimes people are negative towards the content, which is great. Reasonable minds can differ. Leave your criticisms in the comments. Absolutely. Sometimes people are negative and YouTube, cuts it off. And then they start sending messages either in comments or in DMs or things about how um, I don't believe in reasonable minds can differ and I don't believe in speech. And uh, I am trying to hide uh, the people that disagree with me. And, and, and usually I'm like, so I basically don't curate that section much at all. It's, it's, I, I want there to be a kind of freewheeling discussion as long as it doesn't advance into ad hominem attacks and, you know, does things that are really bad that could cost the channel and whatnot. Um, but outside of that, I, I like those things to go on. And when I get those messages, it's like, I didn't hit any buttons. Honestly, I was, you know, on a client call. I put those videos up and I go away for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I will take a look at that, Brit. So if it did get censored, um, and it was okay, <laughs> I'm assuming, uh, I, I will, I will, uh, I will, I will check that out. Normally I'm from Sydney, but tonight I'm tuning in from my parents' place in Mudgee. Is that right? In the central west of New South Wales, Australia, koala bear emoji, kangaroo emoji. You know the way to my heart. Koala bears and kangaroos. You guys got the best. You guys got the best animals down there. Got to tell you. Uh, and Australia has a sunshine state. Queensland here. Okay. Multiple sunshine states. They could have been meaning Queensland. I think probably Florida. Hoglo, uh, thank you for keeping it level on Botgate. This whole thing, although important, is so ugly all around. It's nice to have a place with a reasonable mind and less negative attacking. As I said, I, I, I'm really like just broadly uncomfortable uh, with with how aggressive this thing has spun out. Um, and so we're going to talk about it because this is clearly something that people are interested in talking about in these headlines. Um, but we're not going to dive too deep into the muck, I don't think. Um, what else we got here? Uh, we've got questions about the pie capital of Texas. We've got folks talking to each other in chat, which is always awesome. Uh, PNW is the Pacific Northwest hug. Fantastic. It's a place I've wanted to visit ever since the X-Files debuted because I think all of America is the Pacific Northwest in the X-Files and it always looked pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I could get powerful enough flashlights to kind of go through your woods, um, but I've always wanted to visit and it really does relate to the X-Files. So I'm not even joking with you. Uh, a lot of people with uh, the PNW meaning, which I always appreciate. It's wisdom from the chat. Very, very nice. Uh, among us, Ace Attorney could be a nice replacer for Lawyers and Dragons when David can't make it. Uh, we do have a David can't make it day coming up. Um, so maybe uh, we haven't actually really talked about what we were going to do as a replacer, maybe a one-off, maybe something else, but it, yeah, it, gaming could be a possibility. So that's a, that's a good recommendation. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got people linking to the merch store, which is the easiest to remember is just going to trees of eternity. Absolutely. Um, but you also have the link in the description of this video. Uh, and we now know that it's actually delivering goods. So mm. nice job. Co-counsel. Good morning from Germany. Looks like Mrs. Hoglaw has set up your VL Merch Fulfillment Center for the EU in Latvia. I love it. Support the Baltic states. I have literally no idea what we did with fulfillment, but I believe in Mrs. Hoglaw. Uh, <laughs> I think it's gone crazy. Uh, Reasonable minds can differ is a good ethos to try and achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Respect the humanity of each other. We'll talk about that at the top of headlines as well. Uh, Prototopics, good to see all you bots here this morning. You're trying to stir up trouble, David. 
This is what game masters do. He, if you don't know, he's the game master for Lawyers and Dragon. He's getting in there. It's like, oh, I guess you're all bots. Hmm. I see you, David. I see you. Um, let's see here. There's some chat errors that are going around. I think YouTube really is having a bit of a hiccup. I'm not going to lie. It seems apparent from the last day or two. I think uh, I think it's having a bit of a hiccup. Uh, Zithan, Zilfan, sorry, I missed that. I love the new store. I hope your daughter had independent counsel review the licensing rights for her artwork. <laughs> Winking emoji. You'll be happy to know that we are reserving the money for the dino to the daughter that made it. I'm not a, I'm not like a show mom or something. I'm not trying to gain glory or prestige or money off of, uh, uh, off of my daughter, daughter's hard work. Although, you know, if she becomes the Liz Frank of her generation or what have you, I do want her to know that she has to take care of me in the old age home. Uh, but uh, yes, no, it's fantastic, right? And she has so much of that stuff, and she's gonna have her own store and all this great stuff, and and she's amazing. Both of my daughters are amazing. You got to hear the older one do the Stranger Things postmortem with me, and we might do another postmortem pretty soon, don't know. Um, and you've seen the younger one's artistic work. It's really, really cool. Kids are cool. They, they, you know, they take a lot of effort and energy and money and whatnot, but they are very, very cool. So, you know, I, I recommend them. Yelp review, yes. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for checking out the store. M. Swartz, rarely make a live. Finally, love the hoax. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know co-counsel does too. Uh, you could always do a Jackbox stream. There's some funny games that can also have the audience participate. Yes, we could do a Jackbox stream. I talked about this when we were doing the charity stream over on Legal Bites. I would want to be cautious. I, I love my colleagues, right? And I love working with people and I love doing collabs and whatnot. You give them a little too much creativity and I, I fear for the overall rules and vibes that I have on the channel. A lot of them are a little bit more Wild West. That is to their credit. Everybody should have their own vibe on their own channel. But I do have to be cautious with these things. I bet you can understand why. <laughs> uh, Rob is the original Rob bot. He is. He is. He loves to play Rob blocks while being a Rob bot and hugging unicorns, I think. I think that's basically what Rob is all about. Uh, she deserves the money for her work. I expected no less for her to get her money in the hog house. It's, it's the truth. I agree, by the way. Encouraging entrepreneurship at all age levels here at Hog House. Uh, no question. Uh, would it be awkward to put the dino sticker next to EDB's facts, not effery sticker? <laughs> no, no. I think those are actually two great kind of ethoses to go together. Um, I, they are of a spirit, certainly. Um, so uh, I, I have no problem with it. I, the, the rules of uh, the Hoglaw YouTube channel do not extend past the bounds of the Hoglaw YouTube channel. You're welcome to, to talk about Fight Club, in this case, cursey words, uh, elsewhere, definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, what, if anything, will make you play Cards Against Humanity with the rest of LawTube? Uh, not on my channel. <laughs> Maybe elsewhere. Uh, but definitely not on my channel. Um Let's see here. What else we got? Uh, could you add the www, please? I don't understand. On the link, it, would that be helpful? Um, I can certainly do that if it's not already there. David Absent on a Saturday, unacceptable. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> we we didn't even really know when we were setting this thing up. We were all agreeing to like 15 Saturdays in a row or whatever. And we'll see exactly when this whole thing ends. But life does intervene. We will, we will make content anyway. I could tell you folks 
Uh, I'm going to announce it later today. Uh, but today's Lawyers and Dragons or this week's Lawyers and Dragons will not be at 10 a.m. It will actually be at 11 a.m. Uh, to accommodate uh, one of our wonderful Lawyers and or Dragons. Um, and so it'll be a, an hour later. We'll get through this together, but it will be an hour later. And it will probably have a missing Lawyer and Dragon. So we will see. Uh, but um, it's going to be an unusual Saturday in Lawyers and Dragons. We'll have a lot of fun with it, though, I'm sure. <clears throat> Without the WWW, it isn't formatting as a link. I just checked. Well, this is absurd, YouTube. This is absurd. All right, I'll remember to add that back in, um, and I will do that. Okay. All right. I ordered the 15-ounce mug for my attorney daughter-in-law. Yes. That, that's the big one, right? That's the, the Somebody requested that, and uh, co-counsel added it. Yeah. Um, David says he has to run a Comic-Con on Saturday, or the Saturday in question. Uh, I'm trying to make it work. He really does try. David goes above and beyond. Um, it needs the HTTPS, not the WWW. We'll figure it out. I will work on it, I promise. So let's talk about these headlines uh, just a little bit because people are really interested in this story. And obviously we've covered Elon Musk here. Um, we've also covered the Bot Sentinel stuff here. We've also covered the Bot Sentinel reports here and Amber Heard and Johnny Depp here. Um, so this all seemed like a good confluence. It is an article I didn't really pick up. Um, about a month ago, because it doesn't really change things fundamentally for those stories. But so many people said, hey, what does this mean? Um, I think it makes sense to talk about. Now, I also want to put out there what I said before, which is um, you can see things devolving on Twitter, right? You know, this is my tweet about some of the stuff I saw from Mr. Boozy, the CEO of Bot Sentinel, against Nate the Lawyer. Um, I, I think this stuff is, is honestly beyond the pale. I'm not even going to read it for you here. Um, if you find yourself listening to it, I, I apologize for that. But th this stuff, just just crazy stuff. Um, and I and I do call it out. I don't like to actually stick my nose in these kinds of things. Um, but at, at some point, there is a line, um, and there's a line that I think that uh, it demands uh, at least comment. Um, you know, there's nothing I can do about his ability to put these things out there. I'm a fervent believer in speech, but I'm also a fervent believer in good speech knocking down bad speech, um, and that this is the kind of thing that uh, good people should respond to and say, no, not in my house. Uh, and so I did say that, but we're not going to talk about Mr. Boozy. We're going to talk about Bot Sentinel. He's going to be quoted in these articles a little bit. We're going to talk about what they were dealing with with respect to Twitter and Elon Musk as we move towards that trial. Maybe, I still doubt a trial, but we're seeing it's getting closer in October um, and I want to leave you before we get off of all this. And if you want to follow some more of this, you can check it out on Twitter at Hogue Law. Um, I want to leave you with what I said at the end of this thread, which I think is just, just so important, right? Ad hominems, ad hominem attacks, attacks, not against the subject matter of what you are debating, but against the person themselves. They're the last refuge of the bully, uh, of the man or woman without a logical leg to stand on. Treat them as such. Okay. We don't, we don't need to elevate them. Uh, they don't even really demand direct response uh, because they are so obviously void of logical value, um, of rhetorical value. Um, and so when you see somebody flailing like that, when you see somebody attacking someone, yeah, call it out, say it's wrong, say it's a bad way to con converse. It's the opposite of reasonable minds can differ, but you don't need to go down in the mud with them, right? He, he's, he's trying to get you to, to fight on his grounds uh, and that's a losing battle. He's a better bully than you. Okay, 
So ad hominem attacks, we don't abide them in this channel. We don't abide them in this space. We don't abide them even on Twitter. Um, it's just not the way I live my life. Uh, and so this is very upsetting to see somebody attack somebody that you at least internet know um, at this level, you know, calling them out on racial characteristics, calling them out on their parents' drug use, calling them out on things that are just not at all related to the subject matter at issue, you know, which is your reporting, which is as elevated, uh, you know, your financial situation and those kinds of things. Um, so I will leave it at that. I don't want to get into it. Like I said, it makes me sad. So let's actually talk about the substance of the headlines. Hopefully that's that's understood uh, by everybody in this space. We're, we're, we're not going to engage in that kind of stuff. You can go and see me on Twitter, uh, basically say things along those lines. Um, unfortunately, every single day there's been something to respond to. And so I at least just talk about decorum and I talk about discussion. Uh, but I won't I, I won't engage in, in attacks on uh, on people individually. So Business Insider, right? You might remember Business Insider. They did some profiles of some of us during the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. They do all sorts of stuff um, on kind of the business and technology end of all streaming and, and things like that. And they put out a title. Their titles run long to me, right? I always look at these headlines and I think that they are like Leslie Nope in Parks and Recreation trying to write a headline uh, for, for the reporter there um, where she says like three full sentences as the headline. Uh, and, and Business Insider's headline is, in the midst of its battle with Elon Musk, Twitter threatens to revoke Bot Sentinel's data access after founder suggests Twitter has more than 5% bots. I mean, the good news is that headline contains a lot of substance, right? That's, that's actually what this article is about. Uh, but we have to back up a step, right? I'm going to assume for purposes of this conversation that you don't know everything that has happened in the Elon Musk versus Twitter case. If you do, I apologize. I'll keep this short. Uh, but basically... Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter. Uh, Twitter accepted his offer. Elon Musk then tried to terminate the deal on the premise that Twitter wasn't being honest about the number of bots and spam accounts uh, that operate on its system. Now, there's a whole lot of detail. I just skipped there. There's a reason there's so many videos in the Elon Musk versus Twitter playlist that you can go check out. But suffice it to say, there is a debate. There is a dispute as to whether Twitter, which puts in its financial statements basically every quarter, that they believe they have fewer than 5% bots in their monetizable active user count, which just to confuse things is not the same as the people that you see on Twitter kind of example. And Elon Musk says it's much higher than that. And he uses systems not unlike Bot Sentinel. He's actually using one, I think, from, I want to say the University of Indiana or Purdue or somewhere in there. Uh, that also appears to be at least a little bit questionable. Um, but one of the things that happens with Bot Sentinel, as you can probably tell if you've ever put your name into that damn thing, uh, is that it tends to identify a lot of accounts as potentially bots, uh, either disruptive or problematic. And I have to admit, going and looking at that site, that I'm not entirely certain whether it's just classifying things that it feels are automated, what we would consider bots, or whether it's classifying like, wrong thinkers. Um, on there, the descriptions of what is normal and what is uh, disruptive and what is problematic all read like um, we're, we're, we're attacking specific kinds of speech. You know, what is a toxic troll to you or me might be different than what is a toxic troll to Christopher Boozy. And so I do think that, you know, when Twitter gets these reports and doesn't act on them or when they're interacting with this individual, 
there is some leeway for no, that's not what we mean by you should be banned from our service for behavior X, Y, or Z. Um, so it, it gets questionable there. But I will also say this, we're going to look through as part of our discussion here, some of Twitter's terms of service, um, some of the API rules, some of the developer agreements, because I think it's useful and interesting to see. And it certainly does sound like, let's just, let's just back Mr. Boozy here for a minute. It does sound like Twitter changed its stripes as to what it was okay with BotSentinel doing with its data when BotSentinel started to suggest that there were more than 5% bots on the Twitter platform. Uh, so this is all part of the politics of a $40 billion deal and has very little to do, I would argue, with actually how BotSentinel operates. And honestly, Mr. Boozy probably has at least somewhat of a legitimate beef that you were okay with this forever. Why are you saying this now? Now, he, he doesn't have a legitimate beef necessarily as we go through the developer agreement. So hang on to both of those completely contradictory thoughts as we dive into this article from, and I do want to, I do want to point this out, right? Because sometimes people send me articles and I think they think it's, it's immediate, right? Because the way social media works is somebody finds something, it's of interest. This clearly is like what we're talking about right now with Christopher Boozy and Bot Sentinel. And I, I don't know that everybody reads the date. And so some of the messages I got were like, this just happened. Can you talk about this? I do want to point out that this is from August of 2022. And I have every expectation, just seeing how Bot Sentinel operates right this second, that this probably got settled, that this probably got figured out. Um, and unfortunately, because I am blocked by Mr. Boozy, who isn't, um, I can't go back and look at his specific commentary on this if it is existent, uh, but I can look at his quotes at the time. I do believe this was likely solved, but this is all in the shadow of Elon Musk and his bid to purchase Twitter. So. Bot Sentinel could soon find itself unable to track potentially harmful accounts on Twitter and share findings with the public after years of doing so, as the social media platform this week decided the tracker's activity is a violation of its API policy. It's actually a developer agreement. Now, this is interesting, right? We can we can still look at articles and say, hmm, what is this doing? We can read these things for rhetoric. This, from the very get-go, is very pro-Bot Sentinel and very anti-Twitter. Right? There's a number of ways you could frame what Bot Sentinel is doing. It's scraping personal data. It's scraping personal data that somebody tried to delete off of Twitter. Uh, and how does that interact with the privacy policy of Twitter? We'll see that it doesn't interact so well with that privacy policy. Instead, Bot Sentinel is given full benefit of the doubt that it is tracking potentially harmful accounts and sharing it with the public, which who could argue with that as a description? And evil Twitter has decided the tracker's activity is a violation of its API policy, right? And, and decided is doing a little bit of work here, which is framing it as it's not necessarily a violation of the policy. This is just evil Twitter that we all hate deciding that it's a violation of the policy and keeping this thing that is obviously good for everybody away from us, right? Like that's the that's the opening sentence of the thing. And, and, and we, can, we can note that. Doesn't make the article wrong. It does give you an understanding of where this article is coming from. Bot Sentinel, founded in 2018 and run by Christopher Boozy, is an independent platform that tracks dis disinformation and targeted harassment on Twitter. Its stated goal is to improve users' experiences of Twitter, saying people should be able to engage in healthy online discord without inauthentic accounts, toxic trolls, foreign countries, and organized groups manipulating the conversation. If only. Am I right, folks, who followed this Bot Sentinel story at all in the last week? Boozy on Monday received a boilerplate policy violation notice from Twitter saying his tool had two weeks to comply or its access to Twitter's developer API would be revoked. 
An API or application programming interface allows one platform or tool access to another's internal information. We'll talk about APIs in a second. It's just weird, Boozy said. It's come out of nowhere. Since starting Bot Sentinel, Boozy said he's maintained a friendly relationship with Twitter. The platform has asked Bot Sentinel to test features and partner with it on launches. Twitter liked its usefulness and wanted to learn from it, according to emails and messages from the company seen by Insider. So one of the things you get here from this article, which I think people have found interesting, is that if they are emails and they are messages, if Mr. Boozy showed the receipts to the Business Insider reporter here, it does suggest that Twitter and Mr. Boozy are familiar with each other. And it might be one of the reasons why you see some of the behavior you see when you are otherwise a favored citizen on a social media platform. Now, Twitter is taking issue with Bot Sentinel's tracking and logging of deactivated and suspended accounts, according to the violation email Boozy received. So let's add on another layer of complexity to the Elon Musk and Twitter situation. One of the things he accuses them of doing is calculating numbers of active users that are sold to investors, that are sold to advertisers. Hey, these are the monetizable active users that could potentially see your ad. This is how we can get revenue. This is why we're great. And not unincluding them, not removing them from their number of monetizable active users, even after a suspension has happened for being a bot or a spam account. Um, and Twitter basically says, well, look, we do re-ups on the, the accounting lines. We don't do it immediately because we can't pull the numbers out of the earlier reported numbers and all these various things. And, and I think, as we've talked about in this space, Elon Musk has a certain point which says, well, once you know that it's a bot, then those earlier numbers are at least a little bit false, right? Uh, and others have come in, especially in my comments, and said, well, there's no better way to do this. So while this not might, be, might not be perfect, it is the best that we have. Either way... Where Twitter starts getting upset is when Bot Sentinel reports on bots that include accounts that they've already identified as bots. So that when Bot Sentinel goes and says that it could be 10, could be 15% bots, and within their framework, within what they are looking at, they are actually looking at something that isn't what the MAU kind of denominator is that Twitter has reported, Twitter's getting upset. And because this is $40 billion on the line, because Twitter doesn't look to be anywhere near the value that Elon Musk offered to buy it for, which is why you see them fighting tooth and nail to keep the deal, they get upset at a third party that they have provided API access to getting involved. And I think that's what's happened here. Bot Sentinel has been doing this for years, utilizing Twitter's API and making its findings publicly available. And Boozy says the platform has seen and even praised this work. The company did not say anything about how its API policy has changed in the violations notice seen by Insider. A company representative could not be immediately reached for comment. The suspended and deactivated accounts feature is a core part of what we do and has been from day one. Now, if you're being a sentinel for bots, I'm not positive that actually keeping track of the things that aren't on Twitter is as terribly important as Mr. Boozy suggests, but it's his model, and he can say what he likes on this score. For us to deactivate or rip that out like they're saying we have to is not a simple thing, and they know that. Boosie suspects that this sudden change from Twitter may have something to do with its lawsuit against Elon Musk, you think? Trying to force the billionaire to complete his $44 billion acquisition of the platform. Musk has made bots a key issue in the case. He's accusing Twitter of fraud and saying he has the right to back out of the deal because the platform hosts far more bots than it claims. He is accusing them of fraud. It's, it's primarily a misrepresentation case. We'll get there. Twitter maintains it's only hosts 5% of bots. Musk is currently attempting to get even more private information from Twitter through confidential filings in the ongoing lawsuit in an effort to prove the company was dishonest about the depth of its bot problem, which could get him out of the acquisition deal. Such accounts are typically automated. 
uh, bot accounts. Yes, bot accounts are typically automated. Thanks, Business Insider. It's really what we mean when we say bots. With dozens or even hundreds operating at a time from a single source looking to promote scams or sometimes fake information, Bot Sentinel's tracking of suspended and deactivated accounts, along with problematic Twitter accounts, generally frequently includes bot accounts. Boozy, who admits he is no fan of Musk, thinks that Twitter's bot claims are likely incorrect. He estimates the platform is likely 12% to 15% bots at any given time, something he said publicly for the first time in May, based on Bot Sentinel's daily analysis of the platform and the number of accounts it suspends and deactivates. Most of those accounts tend to be spam or bot accounts. But there are many more accounts Bot Sentinel has classified as, as inauthentic, like those it found in a recent report on activity around Amber Heard that Twitter has taken no action on, Boozy said. And yes, we did do a video here in Hangouts and Headlines about that report and found it just as scientifically wanting as the report on YouTube. You can check that out. Usually Twitter takes action when we do a report like that. Nope, they also didn't respond to the Meghan Markle report. They really don't. This time they didn't. They're trying their best to make it look like they don't have a problem. And that's the article, right? That's what people sent me. That's what folks were interested in. And I do think it is interesting uh, because it does appear like Twitter is doing this uh, against Bot Sentinel, not because they have a specific issue with what Bot Sentinel is doing, but because this individual, Mr. Boozy, made a public statement that may or may not be unwarranted because he's also using the wrong denominator, according to them. Uh, and he's a corporate partner with them. He has signed up to a developer agreement in order to get their API. We can also see this with respect to the whistleblower, right? If you remember, the whistleblower came in and he talked to Congress. We did a video on this in the series. And he basically said there's all sorts of security problems at Twitter. And Mr. Boozy, who gets out there, man, he can market himself, gave a quote to Wired that said this. If what Zatko, the whistleblower, alleges is true, Twitter has violated its users' trust and deceived the Federal Trade Commission and its directors, says Christopher Boozy of Bot Sentinel, whose access to Twitter data was threatened with removal this week. As for the timing of that warning, which would restrict Boozy from collecting data about deactivated and suspended accounts that had not been an issue for previous four years, I do not think it's a coincidence. Twitter spokesperson Lindsay McCallum-Remy says that the account reference was given a warning for violating our developer policy, which was the result of a routine review. So you see these kinds of things going together. I don't believe Twitter. I, I, I will back Bot Sentinel here to say I don't believe this was a part of a routine review. Uh, I don't think Twitter is trustworthy on that score. And I do think it's a little bit unfair to just have something come out of the blue if you have been operating in the same way for a long period of time. But that doesn't really change what you've otherwise agreed to. So let's take a look at Twitter's policies. And we've talked a lot about Twitter policy here on this channel. It is ambiguous. It is vague. It is designed to give Twitter maximum power. That is pretty normal on these social media platforms. But there's still stuff to look at, especially when you're in a contractual relationship with them. So on your screen right now is the Twitter privacy policy, which for some reason features a ton of clip art in it. Folks, if you're trying to be hip and cool while you write your legal policies, can I give one word of advice? Not legal advice, just practical advice. Don't. Okay. Reading through this thing is damn near impossible because you have nested all this stuff in different clickables. We've got arrows everywhere. We've got like this in the middle of the privacy policy. We've got giant questions that are answered in different nested things. We've got like seven different font sizes, four different colors, uh, and it's just not terribly easy to read. So if you're trying to be hip and approachable and those kinds of things, this is like the worst way. Here's here's a clip art picture of the TV. Great. Awesome, Twitter. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, okay, so we're looking at the privacy policy. We're just trying to get a handle on you using Twitter 
and what happens to when you post a tweet and whether it can be analyzed, how it works. And so Twitter says in their privacy policy, and, and we're going we're gonna to break this down really, really broadly. Privacy policies, for the most part, exist under both contract and statutory privacy laws, with some jurisdictions being more harsh than others. And you can go check out. I think Black Belt Barrister did a thing that says Bot Sentinel might have an issue with the GDPR. I think others are looking at California, which also has a very strong data protection policy. Uh, but let's put those to the side for just a minute and just look at the contracts, because for the most part, the, the, the privacy policy can say almost anything that they want, as long as they're transparent about what they're collecting and transparent about what they are doing with it. And then the other statutes add on some other bells and whistles. So they say, you should know the ways we share your information, why we share it, and how you can control it. There are five general ways we share your information. And it's like, well, when you tweet, it goes out there, of course. Um, and then with third parties and third party integrations, including through our APIs, we use technologies like APIs and embeds to, see, isn't this great formatting, folks? So we have to take this down a notch here to try to read it for you. To make public Twitter information available to websites, apps, and others for their use. For example, displaying tweets on a news website or analyzing what people say on Twitter. So this is where we find ourselves, give or take, even though it's not commentary, it's not really where that analysis lives. It's kind of a... Uh, amalgam of things. We generally make this content available in limited quantities for free and charge licensing fees for large-scale access. We have standard terms that govern how this information can be used and a compliance program to enforce those terms. But these individuals and companies, again, let's just make it smaller, uh, are not affiliated with Twitter and their offerings may not reflect updates you make on Twitter. For more information about how we make public data on Twitter available to the world, check out this that's not terribly useful. It's like an advertising site. We are not going to go there, despite the wonderful invitation. Um, now, they also talk about how long they can keep your data, right? They're, they're supposed to put in their privacy policy, what they can do with it, um, and, and how long they can keep it, exactly what is happening to your data at all times once it's collected. We can keep your profile information and content for the duration of your account. That is specifically what is stated here. We can also keep it where you violate our rules and your account is suspended. And that includes the identifiers you used to create the account so that we can keep you blocked. But overall, the overall feeling you get from this section is if your account is deleted, if your account goes away, they don't at least state here a right to keep any more information than what is needed to make sure that you don't come back on to the service, right? And how can you control it? Well, you can have it deleted. When deactivated, your Twitter account, including your display name, username, and public profile will no longer be viewable on these various things. And that is suggested as, under the heading, deleting your information. So overall, Twitter puts out there the notion that if you get off our platform, you can take your information with you. And that does line up with what some of what we see in various jurisdictions, that there's a right to get off these things and not to be constantly uh, monetized and sold about and things like that. If you just decide, hey, this isn't somebody I actually want to be in business with anymore, which you are, even on a free service, if they're collecting your data, that's a kind of business relationship. And so this is what they say. Now, what, what's important next is to understand how their APIs work. So we look at Twitter's About Our APIs page to find out that APIs are application programming interfaces. At a high level, APIs are the way computer programs talk to each other so that they can request and deliver information. I like when they talk to us like five-year-olds. This is done by allowing a software application to call what's known as an endpoint, an address that corresponds with a specific type of information we provide. Endpoints are generally unique 
like phone numbers. Twitter allows access to parts of our service via APIs to allow people to build software that integrates with Twitter like a solution that helps a company respond to customer feedback on Twitter. And then you get more on all of this. You also, I just thought this was interesting to note, if you're ever wondering and you're on one of these services, they say they do have direct message endpoints, meaning that they do have APIs that can scrape direct message data, but they promise, they promise, maybe they pledge, it's really up to you. We do not sell direct messages and our DM APIs provide limited access to developers solely to create personalized experiences. Maybe. Do you trust Twitter DMs, folks? Question mark. Across all of our APIs and data products, we take our responsibility to protect our users' data seriously. We maintain strict policies and processes to assess how developers are using Twitter data and restrict improper use of this data. When we learn that a developer violates our policies, we will take appropriate action, which can include suspension and termination of access to Twitter's APIs and data products but it's up to us. Appropriate is in our eyes. And, and that's overall what's happening here. So we've got a situation, we've got an article, Elon Musk, Twitter, whole big deal. Christopher Buzzi goes out there, says, I don't think it's 5%. I think it's a lot more. Twitter sends a letter saying, hey, you're actually scraping too much data because we have said to people that when it isn't on our service anymore, it should go away. And we think you're in violation of the developer agreement and the API rules. Let's take a look at those. So this is the developer agreement. We're not going to go through every word of this, I promise. But there are a couple of things that are important to understand. When they use the capitalized term licensed material, they mean everything. They mean the Twitter API, that's the software itself. They mean the Twitter content, the stuff you're collecting, aggregating, analyzing, and the Twitter marks, the, the bird, you know, that kind of thing. Twitter content is the tweets, is the tweet IDs, is the Twitter end user profile information, is everything that relates to this thing on the whole, including Periscope stuff. I don't know if anybody uses Periscope anymore, but if they do, it includes that stuff too. And you are given very specific rights and you are not allowed to do things like reverse engineer our secret sauce or interfere with our features or rent or distribute or syndicate the licensed material we are granting to you. You can't otherwise make a business out of our Twitter content, at least not without our express consent. I did highlight here, just in case you're wondering if lawyers are human beings, you think Twitter is worth $44 billion. Surely one of their main vendor developer focused contracts wouldn't have any kind of typographical errors. People are still human. And as you can see, this list goes from A to B to B to D. It happens, folks. It happens. You're also not allowed to use the licensed material for any illegal, unauthorized, or improper purpose, including violating a third party's privacy rights. That's where GDPR and CCPA and everything comes out back uh, into the fold here. But that's kind of broad. It's a very normal list. We're not quite in a place where we can see Twitter getting mad at Christopher Boozy and Bot Sentinel just yet. But let's go on. First, with respect to updates and removals. So we have Section 3B here in the developer agreement. If Twitter content is deleted, gains protected status, or is otherwise suspended. So remember, Twitter content is everything that you think it is. It's the tweets. It's the user, it's the profile, it's the ID number they assign to the person. If it gets deleted or suspended, you will make all reasonable efforts to delete or modify such Twitter content as soon as possible, okay? So I, again, am sympathetic to the young entrepreneur in small business that's been doing things and thinks it's fine and then gets yelled at because other things are happening in the world. And I do not believe Twitter for one second that this was part of a routine review of Bot Sentinel. 
But when you have language in here that is pretty black and white, if Twitter content gets deleted or otherwise suspended, you will remove it from your use. I don't know exactly how to argue against that. And in any case, within 24 hours after a written request to do so by Twitter or by a Twitter user with regard to the Twitter content, so actually two weeks is, is better than 24 hours, but you're allowed to keep it with the express written permission of Twitter. Now that's interesting in and of itself, right? Because you're telling the world in your privacy policy that deletion basically gets you off the service. Now it's not said in so many words, so there is at least some gray area there, but then you have statutory data policies come in and say, well, you have a right to kind of get off of these platforms and to control your data. It's at least in certain jurisdictions and the express written permission of Twitter doesn't change the legal landscape. So the baseline rule is when it gets deleted or suspended, it has to come off your use of the API uh, unless we give written permission. And Twitter has to be very careful with giving this written permission because it could otherwise be contributing to violations of data privacy laws, either in its own or through one of its developer services here. So that's that's written into the developer agreement. And reasonable minds can differ as to whether this applies directly to what it is that Bot Sentinel is doing. But there is at least language in there that is suggestive of, hmm, we need to pause. We need to think about this for just a moment. You also have a section here in miscellaneous. I probably would have elevated this above miscellaneous. This is usually the place where the lawyer's eyes glaze over. Uh, miscellaneous section B, user protection. So the way this developer agreement is set up, most of the top stuff is protecting Twitter, but they obviously have end users. They have the people that are making the tweets. So what do they say about those end users? Unless explicitly approved, otherwise by Twitter in writing, you need a writing. You need a bare minimum an email. You may not use knowingly display, distribute, or otherwise make Twitter content. So that's, that's remember, that's user profiles. That's Twitter IDs. Or information derived from Twitter content. That would be analysis. Available to any entity for the purpose of conducting or providing surveillance or gathering intelligence, including but not limited to investigating or tracking Twitter users or Twitter content. So if you go and you look at a bot sentinel or any other service that does this kind of thing, they have to try to avoid saying that they are doing anything that tracks Twitter users, that investigates Twitter users, that provides surveillance, that gathers intelligence. Now you can go and you can look at the bot sentinel site. You can go and you can look at Mr. Boozy's tweets. And I think it's strongly suggestive that at bare minimum, Mr. Boozy is tracking Twitter users, tracking groups. Right now it's LawTube. Tomorrow it could be somebody else. Um, and as the controller of this scrape data at Twitter, I think that's at bare minimum an optical problem. Um, and if enough pressure were to be put on Twitter, that would probably get another look at this particular usage of the data that he otherwise has access to. You also aren't allowed to target, segment, or profile individuals based on sensitive personal information, including their health, negative financial status or condition. Apparently, you're allowed to profile rich people. Um, so, I mean, you do you, Twitter. Political affiliation or beliefs. Hmm. Racial or ethnic origin, hmm? religious or philosophical affiliation or beliefs, sex life or sexual orientation, trade union membership, Twitter content relating to any alleged or actual commission of a crime, or any other sensitive categories of personal information prohibited by law. So again, you've got this situation where there is written into the developer agreement 
these kinds of protections. You're not allowed to track Twitter users. You're not allowed to target Twitter users. You're not allowed to kind of frame out their religious or philosophical beliefs or their political affiliation based on your access to our content through the API. And that's kind of an open question. You also have references to the things that other people that better know these various jurisdictions are concerned about, such as Europeans who have the GDPR. And you promise to actually comply with the GDPR regulations as controller to controller data protection, which we can take a look at. It is basically unreadable um, for anybody that isn't well-versed in the GDPR stuff. And I do privacy policies from time to time. I, I talk about the GDPR, but I know enough to be dangerous, have to research it basically every time uh, because it is a confusing bit of law. Now, with that as our backstop, we also have one more thing that is actually what we call incorporated by reference into that developer agreement, which is more restrictions on the use of APIs. Now, actually, it's not really more restrictions for the most part. It's just stating the developer agreement restrictions again. So this is important to Twitter. Uh, but... You can see here, you should be careful about using Twitter data to derive or infer sensitive characteristics, never derive or infer or store derivations or inferences about a Twitter user's political affiliation or beliefs or religious or philosophical affiliation or beliefs. Now, BotSentinel, to their credit, claims that they're only looking at toxic acts, the actual behavior that leads to these things. But I think a reasonable mind could look at some of the scores there that you can see. Oh, I don't know. For instance, Mr. Boozy's totally normal. I think he was at 11%. Uh, when I looked at it last and the way that they operate and say, I think there's something else going on here with what is happening. Certainly there's an inference about some bit of behavior from these people. And I think if you follow along with that platform, one could properly say it's some kind of inference about political beliefs or philosophical beliefs. For whatever reason, I'm a 4%. I'm more normal than Chris on his own platform. But I don't know why that is exactly. And I don't know why other people that I regularly interact with are disruptive or God forbid, problematic. Certainly doesn't appear to be the fact that they are just looking for bots because there are people that I have talked to in real life or at least internet real life that have these kinds of designations. So it's not really just about whether or not they are robotic. It must be something else. So you're inferencing something and it seems like it might be philosophical affiliation or political affiliation. Don't know, but you gotta be worried about that kind of thing. You also have to be worried about what they call off-Twitter matching. Off-Twitter matching involves associating Twitter content, including a Twitter username or user ID with a person, household, device, browser, or other off-Twitter identifier. We want people, says Twitter, to feel comfortable to create a separate, and if they choose, pseudo, uh, pseudonymous, I'm sure there's a better pronunciation than that, use a pseudonym on Twitter. Uh, pseudonymous. If you intend to associate any information about a Twitter user with an off-Twitter identifier, we require that you get express opt-in consent from the user before making the association. Now understand, this rule applies to your use of the API. It doesn't necessarily apply to one's own investigation or use of whatever they're doing specifically, but we do have to be extra cautious both for optics and just because it's a possibility when someone has access to the Twitter content through the API, if they start doing things like, oh, I don't know, naming real names and looking up people's situations and talking about them in very specific ways. And so at bare minimum, it looks bad to have a developer with access to the Twitter content do those kinds of things, even if maybe it's not a violation if you can't prove that they're using the API, they're scraped data to actually accomplish these tracking kind of situations. If a user would be surprised to learn that you are using information they provided to link their Twitter account to an identity off of Twitter, 
Don't do it. Uh, now, public data doesn't count, and that does mean information about a user which you obtain from a public generally available resource. So that brings in other questions as well, and it becomes how much are you using the API? There's redistribution stuff and the way that the actual program works. And then they double up on the surveillance, privacy, and user protection concepts. We prohibit the use of Twitter data and the Twitter APIs by any entity for surveillance purposes or in any other way that would be inconsistent with our users' reasonable expectations of privacy, period. We describe the prohibitive uses of our data in the developer agreement. We looked at that first, but that includes tracking, alerting, or monitoring sensitive events such as protests, rallies, or community organizing. Other categories of activities prohibited under these terms, including but not limited to, yeah, including but not limited to is a fun phrase, except that that means that this list means nothing. Investigating or tracking sensitive groups and organizations. What does Twitter mean by sensitive? Don't know. They reference here unions or activist groups, background checks, credit analyses, individual profiling, or psychographic segmentation. Hmm. You are prohibited from individual profiling. What does that mean, Twitter? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And these policies apply to all users of our APIs. So you can see, as anytime you work within an enterprise software developer framework, you've got already, we've looked at three or four documents. We also have, as we mentioned, they bring in the GDPR, controller to controller data protection addendum. And this relates to data in California. This relates to data in the EU. And better people than me are making videos about Bot Sentinel and others' use of data in connection with these particular rules and whether or not they comply. But at the end of the day, when you look at an article like this one, I think what's important to note is one, this definitely seems to be because of this deal. Two, I don't buy for one second that Twitter just did this on a routine review basis. And three, that might not matter because even within their developer agreement and their API rules and their API restrictions and their privacy policy, there are significant question marks to what data Bot Sentinel and others like it are collecting or scraping that Twitter is allowing that may be facilitating problems even in their own contracts, let alone the statutes that are enforced in various jurisdictions. So this is the kind of thing that, while it might be unfair to the Christopher Boozies and Bot Sentinels of the world, really can spiral uh, because if you look at this more closely like we just did, there are significant questions in how it operates. And that's today's headline for everybody. I hope that was useful, informative, all the other good stuff. Uh, what do you all think? We can definitely talk about it. Uh, I will go back in time a little bit to, to capture some of these chats um, to see what you're all thinking about this. But again, I do want to keep things framed specifically on the, the details of the operations and on the agreements and on the, on the article more than the individual that is the CEO of this particular company, at least for this video, right? So if you can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. Um, Let's see here. Shireen says on, oh my gosh, that's European. In the 23rd month, no, I don't. On August 23rd, he was tweeting a lot about how he was right about Elon backing out and how he's always said bots are greater than 5%. A lot of I told you so tweets. Well, I don't really doubt it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have no, I also would think that they came to some kind of accord on this type of stuff. I'm not sure why the explanation for an API is outlined here in this format when generally those who care know what they are. I think part of it is because of folks like us, right? And I'm a tech lawyer. I do a lot of software stuff, but I don't have to be dangerous. And sometimes I have to have my clients explain to me what it is that their brand new thing is doing. Obviously, working with entrepreneurs and like 
bleeding edge kind of software and technology, a lot of it is novel and it's very difficult for anybody that's not deeply immersed in that to understand. But when you're talking about people's data, when Twitter is actually responding to things like Congress questioning exactly what it's doing, when it's one of those big tech platforms and social media that regulators are so concerned with, and you know that you're giving API access to people, you want to at least explain what that means, right? So they spend a lot of time in that article post essentially saying, this is why you shouldn't be scared of it. This is why we do it, et cetera, et cetera. But it does depend on them actually enforcing the rules that they have you know, told people that are going to restrict these developers and what they're doing. Um, uh, dumb of me, but I never thought of them scraping DMs for ad direction. They promise they're not. Do you believe them? <laughs> uh, let's see here. I can't remember the last time I checked Twitter DMs. You know, I think different people have different experiences with these things. I I, I try to get to all my DMs. I definitely fail. If you've DM'd me, I apologize. Uh, I try I try to answer the vast majority of them, but I, I do get a lot. Um, let's see here. Uh, the typo hasn't been caught because nobody reads it. Well, partly. That's partly true. The other part is, as human beings, um, and even lawyers, you tend to just assume that those kinds of headline headings and like uh, separators are correct. You're reading the substance. You're just going boom, 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 boom. Um, and it's only when you have to reference the thing. Like if somebody had to reference those sections that, that they would find B, oh no, which B are we talking about? Which can add to, uh, you know, fun, Benny Hill music when you're having a contract dispute. It's good times. Uh, my Twitter DMs are 98% paid bots trying to get political or charitable donations. I'm very sorry to hear that, CG. Um, is he also violating Apple and Google terms by asking for donations for a free app? It's a good question. It's a little bit unclear. Uh, there is a restriction. Let's see if we can pull that back up. Oh, not if I don't have the screen. Um, there is a restriction in the developer agreement uh, about being commercial. Um, so a commercial use, if your project is designated as non-commercial, you shall not make commercial use of the materials. Uh, commercial use means any use of the licensed materials by a business or as part of a product or service that is monetized, including but not limited to website advertising, licensing fees, in-app promotions, and sponsorship. So the, the question is, is Bot Sentinel monetized? Um, and I, I don't know that I can answer that question. It's, it's a good one. Um, but is asking for essentially the, the, uh, the PBS tote bag, um, is that monetizing what it is that you're doing? It's very possible that it is. Um, but I, I just don't know the answer to that question. So we pull up, bot, we can get our free newsletter here that all he needs is your email address. Um, and he's got this, he's got this box here. It says, please donate. Right. And if you click on this, we find what we do useful, please donate. We need your help making social media safer. There do appear to be ways that Bot Sentinel could make social media safer. Um, and they're asking, they're asking for money. Um, and so is this monetized? We need your help to use our service. Um, yes. Certainly, if somebody were inclined enough to bring the issue, I think they could. Um, but uh, it's not obvious that, that is in fact the case. And, and they're using IDs here. You know, they're they're doing a lot of this stuff here where if this is a suspended account, if this is a deleted account. I don't know that it lines up directly with what is in the developer agreement. Twitter could have given an express consent to doing that uh, after the after the fact, but they would then have their own problems. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, the other thing that I did want to mention here, so I'm glad we're actually back in this document, is uh, that 
you aren't supposed to use the API to talk about Twitter, right? Despite any other provision herein, you may only use the following information for non-commercial internal purposes. That includes aggregate Twitter application user metrics, such as the number of active users or accounts on Twitter applications. So the other way that Twitter could attack those kinds of statements is to the extent you have any information about this using our APIs, you aren't allowed to talk about usage statistics, our suspensions, our performance, our responsiveness. You aren't supposed to talk about how Twitter operates, what percentage of bots there are on the service. That isn't what you are allowed to do with our API, which of course makes all the sense in the world and might've been tripped. Don't know, I'm not Twitter. The, the, the real politic of all this is that Twitter is really the ones that can enforce most of these things. Um, and so that's an open question, but thank you for raising the comment because I do think it is interesting. Claude Simeon says, is the API smart enough to send flags to delete data that isn't removed? I doubt it. That sounds like a potentially convoluted coding task to catch which data should be removed. Yes, it does. It sounds difficult. And yet Twitter has it as their responsibility. When we lose access to the Twitter content, uh, you have to lose access to it as well, uh, right? I mean, and that makes sense. Twitter can only kind of grant the rights it otherwise has received uh, from its users if that is cut off. It doesn't want to have this daisy chain where somebody is using stuff that they no longer have the rights to. Um, so yeah, it doesn't sound easy though, does it? Coders have it have it rough. Um, JC says Twitter has enabled boozy BS, to endure numerous pleas from its users to stop their data being farmed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still operating, certainly. Um, and I think based on what Twitter has said, they can basically waive uh, the application of some of those rules, but some of them are certainly very interesting. GDPR might have an opinion on this. I, I agree, I do. Um, uh, see here, what else do we have here? Before we let you go on your Thursday, lots of conversations. Uh, Bot Sentinel is problematic as a premise. It's a pathway to social credit ratings. It could be. I think the most potentially problematic issue there is, as we have seen writ large over the past week, is generally speaking, you don't want someone deciding what's acceptable discourse as an individual. And then if you if that particular someone is one of the more toxic, uh, that creates an even greater problem. And that is unfortunately what we are seeing uh, significantly today. Uh, and then you got people checking out the scores. Co-counsel's at 15%. She basically only posts pictures of plants. Very interesting. Prototopics is 40. I don't even know if I can associate with David anymore. 40. Alita's 37. I tell you, these people, am I right? Disruptive. Disruptive. Um, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, people getting blocked by Bot Sentinel. People talking about these various things. Uh, <laughs> uh, people getting blocked. I've never interacted with him and I rarely comment or post anything. He says he has box, uh, bots block problematic accounts. But according to Bot Sentinel, I'm normal. Yeah, he's just pre-blocking. He doesn't want to hear much about anything uh, that people might object to, um, like some of his attacks. Um, do you think Bot Sentinel will get dragged into the Twitter Elon lawsuit? No, Elon's not using Bot Sentinel. At least not as described in his lawsuit. He's using a different version of a kind of Bot Sentinel thing, the one that is actually aimed at bots. Um, now, Twitter says that that's only estimates. And actually, I think one of the creators of that like algorithm uh, from a university says Elon Musk is using it wrong. So that's an open question as well. Uh, but one of the legal questions in Musk versus Twitter is like, does Elon Musk have to rely on something that 
they can't explain how they got to in terms of math. And, and maybe he's wrong on that. And Twitter can go into court and explain exactly. And it looks like statistically significant, et cetera. But Elon Musk has basically said they're not doing any testing. And that makes de facto their statements to their investors false. Um, and it's an interesting argument. Um, people get confused about whether or not he you know, agreed to waive due diligence. He didn't really. They made promises about their company. Uh, but it's a difficult case to win uh, on the Elon Musk side. So we will see. We will see. Hogan, Hogan admits lawyers aren't human. No, Hogan says lawyers are human all the time. All the time. Uh, I'm glad they defined API because if you Google it, it's description. It's so arcane, it ends up sounding like, like an OS. It is. It's the interface between software. Um, and it's it's what's needed to make all this stuff work. Um, Hogue, I have contacted Twitter regarding concerns about how my data is being used for lists and profiling. I'm also concerned about Bot Sentinel then targeting my followers to be placed onto those lists. They certainly seem to be hitting my follows on Twitter. Um, and that's interesting. Um, and so that's, you know, let us know how that goes, Jen K. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if Twitter does anything on that. Um, people are asking me about Andor. On Star Wars, haven't watched it yet. Have not watched it yet. We'll see. Um, but uh, I'm slower to go into Star Wars-facing content than I used to be. I'll tell you that. Uh, I doubt anything will happen, says Danny. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see from, from, from asking Twitter support for help. Um, you watch all these things. Ho, Rob, Ian, Alita, EDB, Joe, Scott, and I really love Trees of Eternity. And I wonder if Trees of, Trees of Eternity had a profile. Would it be disruptive? I wonder. Um, it's hilarious, says Amy, that her Twitter account is the worst of the worst, according to him, all because I posted, posted pro-dep stuff during the trial. <laughs> yeah, there's a tendency to confuse uh, pro-dep or even just kind of interest in the case uh, with uh, this kind of anti-herd thing. We talked about that in the misogyny episode. Uh, you can, you can, misogyny episodes, uh, you can see those uh, here earlier in the playlist, definitely. Uh, I think ratings is partially decided by the use of hashtags. Like just the overuse? Because I say virtual legality hashtag a lot. <laughs> Jojo with the super sticker. And if you are looking in the chat, it's a it's like a fox in like either like a gi or a bathrobe. Could go either way with like a thumbs up saying good job. Thank you, fox. I'm going to say it's a gi. Um, do I have a link to that university researcher's statement? Sounds interesting. I believe their methodology is maybe more sound than CB. I think there's no question that they are better. Uh, but university researchers are always going to be like, this is the this is the contours around what this can do. Uh, don't go further. I've had researchers actually get upset about the way the press covers things and says, oh, it's such a magical technology. And they get they get mad about that. Um, I don't have a link to their statement. It would have been in news articles around the time when Elon Musk files his counter lawsuit. I'll see what I can dig up. I will see what I can dig up. Somebody loves Andor. Thank you, the Heathers. It's good. I like endorsements. I just haven't watched it yet. I'm not prejudging it, but I guess I am because Disney has not made me happy with any Disney Plus show so far, really, honestly. Um, looks like Nate's score has gone down a couple of days, uh, a few percent in the past few days. Does it really get modified that quickly? Is it judging like on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, these kinds of things. All right. Let's see here. Uh, I think we're done. All right, folks. Thank you for the super chats and the stickers and the conversation and the fun time 
this Thursday morning. We have more than a thousand people watching and hanging out with us this morning. So thank you so much for dropping in. If you wouldn't mind, if you could put a like on this video, YouTube loves that. Um, and if you could otherwise, you know, leave a comment of interest. I will try to get that merch store link corrected. Uh, and remember, folks, tomorrow is Casual Friday. Uh, so if you do have any articles, I've got a couple of nominees already so far. If you have any articles that you think are casual, that are fun, somewhat business related usually, because that's what I do, uh, and that you'd like to see covered in this space, let me know. DM me. Twitter will just scrape those DMs for advertising dollars anyway, probably. Who knows? Um, and uh, let me know because I'm always taking advice. And this is one of those episodes, for instance, that probably wouldn't have existed if I, a huge amount of people said, cover this article. And again, noting that it was a month old, we still covered it. And I think there was some interesting stuff to draw out of it. Before we go, there was one last super chat. Pam, thank you so much for supporting the channel. Everyone should just delete their Twitter accounts. That would really send a message. You heard it from Pam. Always an option. It is how I connect with a lot of you, though. So I don't think I can do that. Uh, but definitely avoid the toxic fights. Remember, ad hominems, last refuge of the bully. You don't need to sink to that level. And with that, I will see you tomorrow for Casual Friday, folks. Might do a virtual legality in between now and then. So watch this channel. Otherwise, have an absolutely great one. And stay safe out there because you never know when social media is going to bite back. Talk to you soon, everyone.